Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. And I'm your good buddy, Joey O'Brien. And I'm Sydney Emanuel. I'm here, too. <laughs> oh, shit. It's Sydney Emanuel joining the show, joining the FOD. We got a, a little uh, Troy on a mini vacay this week. Happens to be on the FOD day. I wonder if that's coincidence. Just trying to shirk his FOD duties. But I have been blessed with an incredible co-host by my side today. You know her. You love her. She's been around forever on the Glass Cannon Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Sydney Emanuel. Thank you so much for hanging out, Sydney. <gasps> the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. I'm happy to be uh, here. Uh, in my opinion, Troy can take a vacation any day, and I will gladly cover. Awesome. Good to know, and I will take you up on that. <laughs> I regret. And you will regret that. <laughs> I regret saying that immediately. <laughs> Scratch it from the record, please. I regret saying that immediately. Uh, it's awesome to have you on, Sid. Thank you so much for popping by. I am looking forward to hanging out, catching up a little bit. We're going to talk news. We're going to talk some exciting streams you and I are going to be doing together. We're going to talk, uh, phew, man, we're going to talk social media. We're going to talk... Glass Cannon Podcast, you know, Gatewalkers, Asta, Lucky, everything's on the table today. I'm really looking forward to this fight. And then, of course, we'll have a little We Are Stupid and round it out with listener mail. There I'm is sure a We I, Are I'm Stupid. I'm sure I won't uh, be in the We Are Stupid. Just want to preface that. I'm sure nothing I've done will be in there. Guaranteed. Hang in there, folks. Stick around <laughs> to see if Sydney and her character are mentioned at all in We Are Stupid. Uh, kicking it off at the top, let's start with uh, a quick catch-up from you. What's going on? How are you? What are you, what are you up to? How's life? I'm doing well. Uh, I have been busy. Got a few projects coming up. I'm doing some design on a short film. I'm acting in a short film, different films. Uh, and I'm doing some video game stuff for a new podcast on ESR. Man. And when I'm not doing that, I'm recording Legacy with you guys <laughs> or the GCP, the podcast, the actual podcast at the studio. So I yeah. stay stay busy and playing some video games. 
Playing some Staying fun very, stuff. very busy. Uh, for the audio listeners, Sydney looks uh, very uh, professional today. She's got a little white collar situation on uh, with uh, – is that a sweater or a sweatshirt? It's a sweater. With so, a no, sweater. It's a, it's a sweatshirt. It's not a hoodie, but it's a sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt. It's cool. It's got some uh, – what is that? Korean or something? Characters it's Japanese. On it? It's Japanese. Enti- Entity, the skate company. Ah, okay. So skate company sweatshirt. Anyway, she came on and I was like, you look very nice. And she said, I went to work today. (laughs) (laughs) I left my house today. It's rare. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you, Sydney. Uh, That's great that you're keeping so busy. What are these films that like you're working on, uh, either being on or doing production design and stuff on? Can people see these like anytime soon? Are these like a year away? Are they half a year away? Like, I don't know what the timelines are for the kind of projects you're working on. It's so hard to tell with independent films. Uh, Sometimes they come out. They just, you know, they try to do their festival circuit runs. That's always the thing. Everybody wants to like submit it to festivals. So until they start doing that, you don't see it. It doesn't see the light of day for the public. Then after it makes or breaks it kind of in the festival world, Sometimes they just plop it on YouTube, like at that point, you know, they can just put it online. And then other times they try to distribute it with if it's like a horror film, they try to go through Shudder or, you know, places like that. So it's a Mm -hmm. little more um, like upper echelon. They don't just put it on Vimeo or YouTube. These ones, hard to say. Don't know. But hopefully, I mean, I always put something on Instagram if it's out in the world because I want people to see it. Where do people follow you on Instagram? They could find me at Sydney Gale. On Instagram, same as my Twitch, if you ever want to see me stream video games, also Sydney Gale. Uh, and for those confused... How do you spell Gale? Those, I was about to say, for those confused, my name Sydney is spelt like Australia. There's two Ys. My middle name Gale, also with a Y. G-A-Y-L-E. Nice. That's gay with an L-E. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's Gayla. That's Gayla. Uh, that's fantastic it's so funny people could easily easily without that clarification misspell both your first (laughs) and your last name while looking for you on social and then give up immediately because that's how quick the human brain uh will just will just shut you off um speaking of the human brain and how ridiculous it is you also happen to be the centerpiece of the single most watched short uh, that we've ever produced here at the Glass Cat Network. Uh, we had a clip essentially go viral. Uh, essentially, uh, it's it's viral. <laughs> it's it's viral. If if you have or if you are listening to this or watching this right now and you have not seen the uh, Sydney's doing math uh, <laughs> short that went out on our it's on our shorts on YouTube. Oh my it's also gosh. on TikTok, et cetera. Uh, it, it, it is blown up. Sydney, describe to the people uh, what happened. Man, I never thought – I always thought that like, oh, our stuff will blow up. You know, we're in the TTRPG community. We've got great clips. I think we've got great content. I'm biased, but our TikTok's very funny. Our editing – you know, CJ's a wonderful editor. We, we do a lot of great work with the clips we put out. Um, but this one especially – it was a shock to us in the studio when Skid did the drop that Nick Lowe made, which if you haven't heard it, it's very funny. It's about <laughs> when I pause to do math and how I take a little bit longer than some people. Um, it's great. But it was it was a shock to all of us and we were cracking up and it just the timing was perfect. It was totally by accident. Like people asked in the comments, did you guys plan this? You know, was this a whole thing? No. Uh, and we put it on TikTok and boy, howdy, the amount of texts, Joe, that I have gotten <laughs> – from friends, random people really, who aren't in the TTRPG community who are like, I just saw you on my For You page on TikTok. That's you in that clip. And an old friend 
who and I these knew, are just not TTRPG people no. at all. Like, An old friend from Massachusetts Facebook messaged me and said, I just saw you on TikTok. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was you, but then they said your name and I knew it was you. So I've been cracking up. It's great. It's very funny. And I'm I'm grateful that the clip is about how dumb I am and how slow <laughs> and mad. But the best thing, the best thing is not only am I just like confused. I wasn't even confused about the math. I was trying to find something on the character sheet, but the timing was like too good. But I was looking for it. But not only are people like, ah, she's bad at math. They also don't realize we're playing Pathfinder because they're not familiar with the glass cannon. They don't know we play Pathfinder. So they're all commenting that I don't know the stats of a katana in D&D 5e. And they're like, 1d6? She's Is she reflavoring a scimitar? This is terrible. She's doing a terrible job. And I'm just dying inside reading those comments, knowing I'm just like, no, no, no. Pathfinder second edition no yeah. please don't no it is it is amazing like one of the things that jumped out at me from the comments is you know, those kind of comments what I think of is like it continues to amaze me not that so many people so many more people play Dungeons and Dragons the branded game as opposed to Pathfinder that's not a, a surprise to any of us what's such a surprise to me is that so many of those people don't even know there's another game. Like they don't even know any exist. Yeah. And like they they don't they're not like uh, in D&D the thing is this, you know what I mean? They're just like a katana is a D8. <laughs> yes. And like period. Like a katana uses your decks. Yes. Period end of sentence. You're like we're not playing that game. like, And it's it's, it's just it's so like, funny how prevalent it is. Like, it doesn't even occur to you that the, anyone could play anything else. I think many people in those comments, if you said, like, it's a different TTRPG, they would go, what's a TTRPG? <laughs> I play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand that TT game. But, it's, uh, but you yeah. know what? I feel like we're doing the Lord's work. I'm really happy that that clip went went so viral because so many people I saw were like, I'm going to check you guys out. I'm going to check out Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Oh, I didn't even know about that. You know, blah, blah, blah. I only play 1E. That was cool, yeah. I'm going to play 2E. It it was cool. It was was seen in real time, you know, people like. It was great. And then also like along with that, I also got, I thought it was really great to see how many people came out of the woodwork and were like, that is me. Like that is me at my game table, you know, and it's got to like it's got to feel good to know that like tons of people struggle with basic math in the heat of the moment looking at die. Like there was one comment about, you know, some something along the lines of, uh, you know, I can I could do all this math all day in my head. But show me a die that says, you know, six, three and four. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, and my brain completely shuts down. I just cracked up. I was like, that is so funny. I felt I felt very seen. A lot of people were like, oh, man, I want my GM to make a, a custom drop for me at the table because this is exactly how I feel. So I'm glad I feel seen. I'm glad they feel seen. I, I do it for you. Folks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, hopefully you'll see some of these people. You'll get more and more comments about this as we hit the road. I mean, we're going pretty soon yeah. on tour. It's crazy. Starting internationally. So I know it's not. We're less than a month. We are yeah. less than a month from heading to Toronto. Crazy. Talk to me about the tour on your end of things. Have you been to Canada? Have you been to Toronto? I have been to Canada when I was a kid. Long time ago. I went to the and thousand. Not since. No, not since. I went to the Thousand Islands, so I was on the East Coast, but never to Toronto. Uh, I went to Montreal once, and I'm 
pumped. I'm not yeah, only pumped. Yeah, me too, man. There's so many new places we're going this year, which is really exciting. Uh, places I've never been to, like Toronto, never been to Vancouver. Really pumped for the Canada stuff, getting to travel internationally with the GCN and getting to see those folks who have maybe not been able to come to the States for shows. That's super cool. I'm super excited to meet all the uh, Canadians. That's the term that I made up. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I'm super pumped for Austin as well. I've never been to Austin. Um and never been to Austin. No, never been that to Austin. That seems strange because you travel a lot and uh, you seem like an Austin type. I, I think you, you were going to like <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Don't I seem like an Austin type? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. Also, uh, your name is G-A-Y-L-E? Yeah. Okay. Because it was misspelled <laughs> at the beginning of this show. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just G-A-L-E. Oh, man. Well, that's, that, that's on me. I didn't that, even catch that. Job. so. No, that's Bad on job, O'Brien. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Just noticed it and corrected it. It's hilarious that um, we made a point about talking about it, too. It, it is. So <laughs> heading to uh, Canada for the – or heading to Toronto for the first time together. So that's awesome. Have you, really have you been? Forward to that. No, I've never been to Toronto. I have been to Montreal. So okay. uh, I went uh, I went to Niagara Falls when I was a kid and just sort of like stepped over for a little bit and then went back. And then when I was in, I want to say my late 20s-ish – I went just with my sister on like a little uh, 4th of July, like um, just sort of touristy, like let's go somewhere we've never been for a couple of days thing. And we went uh, – she at this time, she was in graduate school in Syracuse. So I went up there, picked her up, and we just drove up to Montreal for a couple nights. It was oh, super, super fun. fun. Did you so eat that, poutine? What's that? Did you eat poutine? Oh, of course, yes. Oh, I really dug Montreal. I was like, this is so cool. Like, very, very different than you know your average American city that you go to. And so I was like, oh, you get a little taste of Europe here, like in yeah. North America. It was kind of kind of dope. And then always wanted to go to Toronto. Uh, not that it would be. I hear Toronto is the most American ish, you know, city. And huh. but I'm I'm just excited to go because of uh, because I know how many. Canadian Nation members have traveled for years to all of our shows. And yeah. like, uh, it's time for us to go to them for once, right? So I'm very excited to do a show on their home turf and uh, just see a whole crowd full of Canadians. And then Vancouver. Never been to Vancouver. And then Vancouver. Never been to Vancouver. I've got a really good friend in Vancouver who has made multiple trips down to our Seattle show. Aww. So I'm excited to go to, to that show and see him there and everything. And what about any other any of the other shows? Because we just announced a whole big slate of them. Uh, is there anything else that jumps out at you in terms of cities you haven't been to before or that you're excited to see again? Yeah. I mean, Austin, definitely never been there. Very excited for the food, mm -hmm. the the people. Everybody has told me over the years, like, go to Austin. You'll love Austin. So what better time than to do a show? Um, Kansas City, excited for that. Everybody yep. was telling us to go and hey, we listened. I'm, I've never been. I'm really excited. Uh, and then Portland, even though I've been, I have an affinity for Portland, Portland. I really like Portland. Uh, and I haven't done a show there with Glass Cannon. I know you guys have been there before. Troy swore you would never go back. Well, <laughs> times are changing. Troy folks. swears a lot of things. Troy, Troy swears a lot, period. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped for Portland. Are you excited to go back to Portland? Um, Do you have a sure. hatred like Trump? No, does? I really like Oregon, and yeah. I'm really excited to go back to the Pacific Northwest. I, yeah. I, I I love it in general. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, sure. I, mean, I love the the niche there. Like, yeah. it's them. It's St. Paul niche. By the way, yeah. Minneapolis St. Paul niche. Oh, gotta yeah. tell you, they're like, the best. 
you're incredible. VIP is almost sold out already in St. Paul. So no way. Yeah, a note to anybody listening or watching or that's thinking about going to that show. It's almost done. Like, so you better grab your VIP ticket ASAP. Uh, yeah, nothing else is selling quite this fast. So yeah, back to St. Paul. We love everybody there, but yeah, there's like these big pockets of, of niche, right? And one of them is certainly the upper Midwest there. And then another one is the Pacific Northwest. I love seeing those people. So very much looking forward to, uh, to going back there. Yeah. Minneapolis Um, too, I should say. Always, always a pleasure to go there. The shows are great and the people are great. And hey, if we catch a baseball game, that, that'd be even greater. I mean, it's got to have a special place. Isn't that your first show? That's your mm-hmm. first Glass Cannon Live was, yeah, that was was in that same venue, the Amsterdam Hall, the Hall and Bar or whatever. And we continue to go back there because it's just such a dope so venue for that, us to, to, to play. That was before I even had a character. I played Winter Klaxa. In, oh, that's in, right. Yeah. At the at the point in the adventure that you were at for Strange Aeons. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be so nice to go back. I, I love that venue. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, let's keep it moving here. We got a lot to get to. I want to talk about Giant Slayer or uh, Giant Slayer. I want to talk about Glass Cannon Podcast and, uh, and listener mail and we are stupid, but, uh, gotta talk about the biggest news on my docket right now is, is a stream that's happening today, today live on, uh, the main channel at the Glass Cannon on Twitch. Sydney is hopping on with me to stream a game that she is. A beast at apparently, and I stink. Uh, <laughs> tell them what we're streaming. Tell them what we're streaming. We not only Joe and I, but if you're tuning, if you're listening in the morning, get ready because at noon it's going to be me, Joe, Mary Lou, Paula Denny, <laughs> and we're playing Helldivers Two. That's right. <laughs> That's we right. downloaded the new game, and yes, we're waiting to get into the servers like everybody else. Stars, they're <laughs> just like you. Yep. Come hang out with us while we wait to get into servers. <laughs> uh, it's going to be awesome. For those that are not familiar, I mean, Helldivers 2 is blown up everywhere. It's Huge. it's the buzz for co-op shooter. You know, uh, great time, supposedly a fantastic time. I'm very excited to play it with you guys. I don't know much of anything about it. I've turned it on. I've gotten into it a little bit just to get through the tutorial. And literally after we record this, you and I are going to connect our accounts and make sure yep. that we're all friended up and everything so that we can get squad mates together for the dive at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Noon yeah. Eastern today, we are going to be playing. And if you heard this a little too late and you missed it, go check out the VOD. I'm sure it's going to be a shit show. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Mary Lou is fired up. Paula Deming is, I think, nervous. Scared. She's <laughs> just scared. Uh, man, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, uh, make I'm sure really looking forward to it. If you're listening to this in the morning, you're making your coffee, set a reminder. Be patriotic to Super Earth and support your local <laughs> hell divers. Okay? We're support. doing it for you. We're doing it for liberty. For liberty. Yeah, I have my notes here from McDee's, like the things to not forget to talk about. And he says, don't forget to let them know you're spreading manage a democracy this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Sydney, Paula Deming, Mary Lou, and I are going to put a squad of four together to drop down Squash onto a planet bugs. somewhere where liberty is threatened yep. so we can spread the joys of freedom. I mean, this is going to be... Amazing. It's, it's going to be chaotic. Please watch. Uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Please watch. Uh, and what else? Okay, a couple more things on the deck before we get in the GCP. I don't know if you know this, Sydney, but uh, our subscription service that yeah. we started up when we moved off of Patreon, we've just initiated as of last week uh, a 30-day free trial. 
So oh, amazing. If you have been thinking about getting on and you're not sure, you don't know what kind of content's on there, you want to test out the campaigns that are on there, see if you like them or not without uh, spending a dime, hop on and get on the 30-day the free trial that we have now. So check that out. That's going to be awesome. And then, oh, Nashville. We didn't talk about Nashville. So Nashville's on the tour. Yes. And then combined in uh, Nashville is going to be the na- first ever Nashville retreat, yes. uh, which is going to be a bunch of added gaming and hanging out in addition to the live show. So look out for information on that on our website at glasscannonetwork.com. I'm so you excited can, for you that. Can find out. The link is supposed to drop today to buy tickets. So Ooh, it, if it see. is on there, go ahead and grab your tickets before they get sold out. This is going to be a very limited supply from what I understand. Very very limited supply, but that's going to be really fun to, to hang out with the nation there. All right, let's get down to business. This episode, episode 22 yes. of uh, Gatewalkers, we, we have just come out of the Oculi fight and we are heading into the, uh, this, the, we, we head into the stump. Right, yep. what we know of as the stump, and then we get swarmed by t- these tooth fairies with pliers in their hands. Uh, um, let me just ask you first. I don't really know your experience with uh, with swarms. What, what do you think about swarms? Do you, do you deal with swarms in D anD D five E? Is that something you come across often? I don't know. Yeah, you do a lot of the time. I, I think the number one sort of general uh, knowledge of the swarm is is if you hurt the individual, it hurts the swarm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a little different, I think, in Pathfinder because you really need – I don't know. I feel like a lot of the time swarms have these special abilities like they have DR or they have resistances to certain things or only magic gets through. You know, they have resistance to bludgeoning or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that they – if you boil it down, I guess they essentially have resistances to anything that is single target. Yeah, right. And then weaknesses to anything that is AOE. Right, you know, right, to, right, that right. is multi-target. So, AOE things get like exponentially bigger, and individual things get a lot smaller. But like, I don't know. I just feel like we're never quite built for AOE damage. You know, well, like th- we got into a hard spot too. We entered this tree stump. The room we were in was quite small. So yeah. to also have a swarm, like even if we had, you know, Skid Buggles is pretty powerful, and he can do some like fire ice stuff. Even if he had some sort of AOE fire or ice spell that he was going to shoot off. It was going to hit all of us. Yeah, and it was going to hit us. Yeah, it was tight quarters for sure. only level two. So like, you know, you don't want to hurt your part. It's it's less beneficial uh, to try to do a big AOE where you could potentially hurt your party members without healing capabilities. Um, so yeah, it was tricky for this with the Tooth Fairies. But then also, Swarms always have these messed up abilities where they like release a poisonous gas or, you know, <laughs> like whatever. And these Tooth Fairies had one of those too, which was when they die, they – uh, explode? They explode into some sort of, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if it was like Icor or yeah, like a, a vapor or yeah. A, yeah, something, uh, that, that makes you sickened. It just makes you sickened, but Troy had built it all up to make us think that it was going to be like, 40 points of damage, 42, yeah. t- or, or like a deadly poison or something like that. And he played, he played us like a fiddle. Yeah. Let's I be mean- honest. I was gonna say it was kind of bullshit. I mean, Troy's not here. I could say I could say whatever I want. Say whatever I want. Uh, Kate, you reminded me that Kate rolled Zephyr rolled a nat twenty uh, on a knowledge check or on a perception recall check. Recall knowledge. Yeah. Recall knowledge uh, on these tooth fairies to kind of figure out what was going on. Um, and Troy, like, she rolled a nat twenty, and Troy was like, "Oh, 
They've got a death row. You know, if you. It's you a character a, killer, I believe, was he the He said quote. character killer, which he always says, but it's so hard to know <laughs> if he means it or not. Yeah. So we were like, the room is small. We were like backing up. We were trying to get away. We were like, it's going to die. It's going to explode. And. I think I forget who, but they were just like, I-, I can't move out of it. Like, I'll sacrifice myself. You know, I think it was you, Joe. I think you were like, I'll just stay near it. And we were like, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Uh, it certainly made for some increased drama. So if, yeah. if that's what he was going for, then then bravo. But uh, yeah, it was <laughs> nothing exploded. We were all like, and he's like, and you're all fine. We're like, you're a son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I find swarms in general to be like so frustrating. Uh, so frustrating. Uh, and they, they seem to throw them in every adventure. Like there are always swarms lurking about. Uh, but I'm glad we fought through it just enough, just in time to uh, open up a door to go deeper in. And you, Asta, yeah. opens the door. I always uh, open the door. <laughs> and on the other side, you see what? You I saw it first, first before any of us saw it on Foundry. Gosh, uh, Foundry's so great with the dynamic lighting and when you enter a space. So, yeah, Asta stepped in first. Immediate player regret. I, like, stepped in <laughs> and I saw I saw a big centaur woman who was, like, decked in armor. She had, like, two spears and a sword, maybe a bow on her back. And I immediately – Sydney, the player, was like, oh, oopsie. <laughs> Back out of the room. Uh, But I walked in and, you know, in character, I had to be like, hi, you know, you see me. I'm not invisible. Um, Tried to play it cool. I always try to go for like a diplomacy thing with Troy's enemies. Yeah. Never, ever, ever works. It like never works. But I I appreciate and applaud the effort. I think that that's it's a good thing. Matthew is like an expert at the diplomatic character. He always plays such diplomatic characters, but Troy doesn't like role play. So he steps on us. <laughs> Let's just cut to the killing. Yeah. Uh, which well, is basically this case, what happened. Uh, you, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say that's basically what happened. Asta stepped in and the centaur uh, was like, who enters the domain of like Kanepo the Slim? And we all were like, uh-oh, oopsie. She's not yeah. on our side. Can't um, be, right? Yeah. Now, so there was no talking, and she was like, "You're not worthy." Yeah, she's all like, she's like a serial killer, basically. Oh yeah, she was psycho. Like that, that, that's what he implies is like, she's she watches her victims. Yep. She hunts and learns everything about them, so that she can just like pick them apart when it's time to murder them. And she's like, "And I guarantee you, I will take my time with you." Posthumously. I mean, it is so terrifying, and uh, I'm not going to – can't scan ahead, uh, but I want to tell everybody that I uh, I definitely, like, told Troy. I was like, just in case you forgot, we're second level. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what you're putting into these APs. I don't know what's actually in there or what you're coming up with, but we're second level. Uh, I'm very scared of this fight, especially yeah. because not alone. Like, not alone. We're also dealing with some sort of, like – like oh. automaton or something yeah there was like a yeah. robot ball thing but robot also I, ball thing. really important piece of this episode that you um seemingly left out for whatever reason joe i recall in the tooth fairy fight that brother ramius lost a tooth <laughs> no no <laughs> that was a flavor thing you made it up you made it up i was just dying <laughs> i love i love making joe mad he did not lose a tooth 
They tried. They tried to pull they a tried. tooth out. They didn't get it because I think it, Troy said it takes like three rounds, but they can. They have three the ability. actions. Yeah. Um, but me and Kate kept going. Oh no, brother Wamieth. You lost the tooth. You have to talk like this for the rest of it. Joe was so mad having none of it. He was like, no, I don't. I don't I like it. I didn't lose a tooth. I don't like you disrespecting Ramius. <laughs> uh, uh I definitely saw some comments on that on YouTube. Thank you for those that, are, that comment on the tubes. Uh, it, it, I appreciate you guys new right now. New fan yeah, art. New fan art needed. Somebody ASAP. said Somebody said they were just absolutely losing it at YouTube, <laughs> like uh, just – Bullying me, Bully. whatever, making fun of me as uh, as uh, getting a lisp because of this missing tooth. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I'll, I'll throw one out here, uh, and I liked this comment. This is from Snuzzle Bumble on YouTube. Uh, comment said, "I love that this swarm literally forces everyone to move each round. I've noticed mm. in some games, people are still in the mindset of just wanting to stand in one place the entire combat." I thought yeah. that was a really good uh, observation, and it just highlights what we have found we really enjoy about 2E yeah. as opposed to 1E is how stuck in place you would feel because it was so optimized to not move that even when it was deadly or even when it was a huge risk, you just didn't move because uh, to to stay was so much more powerful. And now – it does feel like a much more fluid battlefield, and it's really fun to play that way. And positioning is so important and really a fun thing to play around with. And you get to- the third action. You know. Totally, especially, too, because uh, Kate's character is a monk, and she has her flurry of blows, but it's through her arrows, and she's super proficient with her bow. So there's always this level of like backing up to create distance and stuff. I think our party handles that pretty well. All right, before we get into We Are Stupid, let's talk about Asta for a second. I mean, we talked about her a little bit in the studio FOD, but I'd just like to uh, continue to explore that now that you've had more time sort of transitioning from your initial fighter build into uh, Magus. Uh, how are you – let me take your temperature right now on the class so far. Obviously, you're only second level, but how are you enjoying the, the play style that you've had with Asta so far? I'm enjoying it a lot. I think I'm still discovering the classic pitfalls of sort of character building. I'm only at second level, but there's certain things I'm starting to realize with the Magus. And I know I think the last FOD, you guys talked about this and I was jumping in the chat, pissing everybody off. But uh, it's some of it is just very confusing wording on things. And I have Mm -hmm. to be really on top of like what abilities I'm using at what time, because, for instance, the Cascade. Uh, the arcane cascade stance. I'm very new to stances. Like I don't play monks often. So that's a whole part of it. And I get all these boons, but if I don't use it, I can two hand my weapon. So it's sort of like, and I have to keep track of my action economy because, you know, certain things I can't do before other things. So it's definitely not like a, I would quote unquote easy. You know, if I played a fighter, it's a little more streamlined. It's a little simpler. I can do this and then I can hit or I can take a full round. You know, I can hit. Yeah. Yeah. And if you remember, we were uh, we were out together to a little lunch um, in the city when you mentioned that you were thinking about maybe playing a magus. And if you remember, I was just like, come on. I literally think don't do it. I literally think Joe rolled his eyes. (laughs) Right. And it had nothing to do with anything but that that like. I didn't know the first thing about the class. It is super, super complicated. And I was going to be, I was just seeing down the line all of the We Are Stupid emails we were going to get because, you know, it's the nature of brand new classes. They're really hard to play well the first time, you know? 
I like a challenge, you know, and I love to try the whole point of playing TTRPGs is to try new things. You know, you yeah. want to try a new character. And when you have a character die, perfect opportunity to just balls to the wall, just try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I'm I mean, now I'm having the real fun where I'm like, when I get to level five, like, yeah, it's wait over. Till you see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. But I'm just also trying to be careful not to kill my second character. So <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about that with some time having passed? Are you uh, are you like super into Asta right now? Kind of feeling like you've moved on. Are you a little are you do you still have some lingering feelings uh, for lucky? Yeah. I miss Lucky. I mean, I watched that clip. We have a clip, too, of the moment that I rolled a nat one. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's brutal. I, I'm not embarrassed it's by it. It's kind of raw. But uh, it's so raw. I'm just, I was so bummed. I was so sad. Um, And now I'm, like, obviously, I'm, like, yeah, it, whatever. It's fine. Like, I have my new character who I really like. But, again, I think the thing that's the most bummer is... I never got to bring up anything, all this cool backstory, all these, all these cool things that were supposed to come out naturally through our gameplay and character interactions with Lucky. They just didn't get to happen. So it stinks to like, it's like writing your first short story or like novel and then you're just scrapping it and you're like, well, I guess I'll start over. Um, and nobody yeah. saw it. Nobody read it. Nobody saw it. Uh, uh, well, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it makes me wonder if, are there any elements to Asta that are kind of drawn from Lucky at all? Things that didn't didn't come out that you were like, you know what? I could still kind of use some of that, uh, whether it's personality stuff or background stuff or – is there anything like that or it's just completely fresh, new? You kind of dropped everything and started over. Honestly, I feel like I dropped everything and started over. I had such a clear picture of Lucky. So to like dilute her into a new character just didn't seem like it made sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um I guess the only thing that was similar was I still wanted to play a sort of like animal folk uh, type character. I was so excited about cat folk. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to play a human. So I picked a Kitsune. That would was, be ridiculous. That would be silly. What kind of idiot would play a human? <laughs> Joe loves humans. Um, I, I, I love them all. Well, that's not true. I don't love them all. But uh, uh, I like uh, – I don't know. You know, Baldur's Gate 3 has got me a bit like – Ooh. You know, off the human uh, what are you, track. What are you playing in Baldur's Gate Three? No comment. Can't comment on it. There's there's reasons, but I just <laughs> like that world is so rich with how few humans are like. Yeah. Part of the main vibe of it, uh, the NPCs, the other party members. Like, there's so few. So that diverse. It is awesome. It's really yeah. cool to just like, uh, you know. F- Feel out all those different kinds of uh, ancestries interacting that way. Anyway, I, I, it has me thinking a lot more. I, look, I've I've been called out on that before, but I think that that's I think it's when you examine it, it's an incorrect assessment of what I like to do and what I like to play. But it's based around an idea that is a correct assessment, which is that like I like the simple things. I like the easy path. I like the you know I like getting things spoon fed to me, as Troy says. Um, and some of that is, there's definitely some truth to that, but, uh, you know, if you look back at my characters, like there aren't that many humans, <laughs> you no, know, there really aren't. I, I would always try to go against it. And then I kind of came, started coming back to it and was yeah. like, all right, I've, been, I've spent so long as not a human that now I, I do want to play some humans, you know? Yeah. And, and so and I've really been enjoying brother Ramius for that reason. I thought about going human for this too, because I feel like I'm the opposite. I usually don't. And now I'm kind of like, oh, they, there's some interesting 
ways to be a human in a world full of these other, you know, characters and races and ancestries. Um, but yeah, as for the Asta Lucky thing, I think I was just, I didn't get enough of the non-human background. So I, I wanted to carry that over. That was the only thing I wanted to carry over. And it's kind of fun. It's like, who a are rare you? rare ancestry. Like yeah. A, uh, yeah. What's your um, place in the world? You know, if you're sort mm-hmm. of a lesser known uh, ancestry, more rare. So, yeah. I mean, is Asta. So you say that Asta. And again, these are kind of things you can say, like, you got to find out on the show, buddy. But like, is Asta. You describe Asta as being from the Wildwood, but like, mm-hmm. is that like born and raised in the Wildwood? Because she definitely seems to have some Eastern influence, you know, and with, especially with her training and her use of the katana and all that kind of stuff. Did she travel here, but hasn't told us that yet? Like, what the, What do you mean? She grew up in the woods by herself. Where's her family? What's going on here? I mean, it'll come out in the game, hopefully, like as we talk. But this is why people listen to the FUD. Exactly. Give them a little behind the scenes. Hmm. Actione. Sprinkle, sprinkle in some info in. <laughs> um, so she is from the Verdurian Forest of Taldor, which a lot of kids, Kitsune are from, like, I think, three major areas. Okay. But this area specifically is, like, a more modern um kind of like metropolis kitsune town so oh, okay it's it's in the forest but it's like it's not by any means like extremely rural it's to them pretty urban okay. um but yeah so it's like she has her family i mean who knows what's going on now but like she grew up there she has her family um and i what's the equivalent what's like a rural i guess new jersey like she didn't <laughs> grow up in New York City, she right. grew up in, like, not even Hoboken, a little further. Where are yeah. you from? Where you live, Joe? Cranford. Sure. Cran- Let's call it Cranford. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's it's a little less metropolis. So, yes, but- she had access to, you know, big city kind of stuff. Yeah, she's and, read and- books. She knows right. She knows people and places. She didn't just come out of a bunker in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah. how far away is the Wildwood from there? Ballpark. I mean, is it like you know, really Joe, far? You're asking me a, an actual map quest, question, and I, d- I don't want to say the wrong thing. I feel okay. like it's pretty far. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's why I feel like she has traveled at some point. She has. She and whether she did has. that solo or with family, I'm curious to find out. I'm going to start digging into us a little bit in, in, in our gameplay. Have Brother Remus uh, spark up a conversation. Sit down by the campfire. Pull she's up a op- log. Sh- she's an open book. Pull up a log. Pull up All right, log. let's get into We Are Stupid here uh, before we get some some listener mail. Sing us in, Nick. Sydney loves you so much right now. Sing us in, Nick. It's Love you, Nick. Uh, love you, Nick. I was, I was so excited to get to that. I played listener mail before I did. We are stupid. I know. Uh, I was loving it though. I wasn't going to stop. I you. mean, I am really stupid. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we'll come back to listener mail in a second. Let's, let's, uh, just because there's actually just a couple quick things here. Uh, to clarify, these are from Professor Eric. One, Sydney. You do not hold a charge in spell strike in two e like we like it used to be in one e. Uh, we just talked about that a little bit. Oh that is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You don't have to hold it, move up. If you miss, it stays in there. None of that. It is just that was only a one e thing. It's gone in two e. Yep. It's all part of that one action. It's all part of the or what's two actions, right? Or it's is a it two a, two action drawn. Two action drawn, but it's like that. It's all at that same time. 
Um, he did, he did weigh in and say that we did get stunning fist correct against the swarm. They are capable to be stunned. However, it does have the incapacitate, capacitate trait. We mentioned this. I'm not sure if Troy wanted to just let it get stunned or if, uh, it's a little bit higher level and shouldn't have been stunned, mm. but I think it would have need to, needed to critically fail in order to get stunned. Ah. Uh, so yeah, just, just clarifying on that, but that could have been a, a GM call at the last second. There was, uh, oh yeah, there was also like some online chatter of Zephyr being able to flurry with the bow in hand. He's just clarifying that that is correct, but she can't do it when she's in the monastic archer stance. So when she chooses to go into that stance, which is, I believe, the only way that she can flurry with her bow, yeah, she cannot do melee attacks from that stance she has to come out of that stance she can't yeah. flurry in in melee but if she is not in that stance she can shoot her bow just not with a flurry she can shoot her bow just like normal and then she could totally like shoot her bow and then punch somebody in the face <laughs> or do a flurry of blows of literally hitting them physically with the bow and then kneeing them in the groin you know that yeah. kind of thing all capable uh, of doing that as long as you don't first enter that monastic archer stance. That is when it starts to limit what you're able to do. Interesting. Um, so then you would have to leave the stance, which can be done, we determined, by a free action of dropping the bow. So if you just drop the bow, you can get right back into it. So anyway, just to clarify that, there were some comments on that on the YouTube uh, video and maybe elsewhere as well. I'm not sure if they were on the Discord. Um, all right, let's get into Asta here. Uh, oh, also, he mentioned something about Buggles doing a point of splash damage, and he's not sure where that splash damage came from. So we just have to talk to Skid about, like, where was this splash damage? Not sure if that was a carryover from uh, uh, Aldo or something. So I'll, I'll talk to Skid about that. Interesting. But, uh, let's focus in on our mages here real I'm quick before we get back I'm to the listener shocked mail. shocked I'm in this section, everybody. Unheard of. Go on, Joe. I don't know if you know this. I don't know how I didn't catch this, but apparently you spellstruck twice without the action to recharge the spell strike no way way that's, at least that's word on the street that's unlike me uh well but, but you know what it is unlike me because we've talked about this at length you know um, this role i know i know we've we have you talked told about it to me this. i know um i'm shocked i did this but maybe it was just throughout the round of combat when it came back around to me maybe i just forgot because it took a while i don't know um but i do know this rule very well you have to recharge you have to take an action and you have to recharge and we specifically talked about this because we learned you can't recharge on your previous turn then when it comes around then do your spell strike it has to be within the same round so basically it's a three spell striking is pretty much technically i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't think that's correct what you said it is i think you're mixing up Spell strike with entering the arcade cascade stance. No, no, no. Also, when you recharge your spell strike, it has to be in the round. You have to either do the concentration, which takes one action, uh -huh. or you have to, uh, what's the other one? Have just cast a spell. Um, and then you can do a two action spell strike. So in my mind, spell strike almost takes three actions because no matter what, you're going to have to recharge it by concentrating or casting a spell, then you can spell strike. Um, Wait, are you sure you're not mixing that up with arc – how do you enter the arcade cascade stance? 
Uh, I believe I just, you know what? I'm, I'm, I think you're mixing was, them up because isn't that so where you confident. have to have just casted a spell? Uh, or you have to, your, your most recent action was used to cast a spell or something else. Uh, hold yeah. on. Totes. Your most recent action to cast a spell. Oh, to cast a spell or make a spell strike. And the spell strike is you recharge it. Um, da, 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 da. I'm bringing it up here now. I'm, I'm bringing it up I'm gonna, too. I'm, gonna, I'm bringing it up. After you spell right strike, you can't do it again until you recharge your spell strike as a single action. You can also recharge your spell strike when you cast a conflux spell that yes. takes at least one action to cast. Yes. So no matter what, you still have to. So they're very similar. Arcane Cascade is your most recent action, cast a spell or make a spell strike. Um Right, but you don't, but you have to do that like in the same turn. This is not in this, but it's been reworded, uh, I ah. believe. Uh, it's not in this one, but it's been reworded to say your most recent action this turn to cast a spell or make a spell strike. I'm okay. pretty sure you can't loop it around to the next round. And then the, what was the other one? The um, spell strike. The spell yeah. strike. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to bring that up in a second, but the spell strike, I believe you can't. So let's say, you move. So like, well, here's my example. You move and then spell strike. Yeah. You can use your single action to recharge it in the next round. Yes. Yes. You would yes, have yes. to. And if you did not move and you just did a spell strike, you could then recharge it with your third action and then and spell then strike again in the next round. Oh, interesting. Right? I don't see why not. No, that's what I thought. But I wonder if that's what I messed up. How could I have possibly done spell strike twice in a round? No, you did. I think you did a spell strike. And then the next round, I think you just did another spell strike and moved. Oh. Like, oh. like you were like, all right, I spell strike and then I move away from the swarm. It was something like that. And then I hadn't spent that action to to recharge it. It's I a very see. easy mistake to make. I'm not surprised at all that we made it. Yeah. What I'm surprised uh, about is that like that we didn't notice it because yeah. you and I had discussed it so much because it seemed like a very important balancing uh, mechanic to the spell strike because it's such an totally. awesome ability. If it's if it's not going to be if it's not going to be limited in like you know per day or whatever like that you know um, how do we how do we balance it and so totally. uh, yeah so it, the frequency is you can use it as, uh, until it's recharged you know what I mean yeah and um, this is what I love you can't do it again until you recharge your spell strike as a single action which has has the concentrate trait you also recharge your spell strike when you cast a conflux spell that takes at least one action to cast. Yep. Casting a focus spell of another type doesn't recharge your spell strike. Now, this comes up in Professor Eric's thing. Now, I don't know if you don't want me to talk about this. Are you aware of something called dimensional assault? Yes. Okay. So what Professor Eric, I'm not going to blow it up because I want you to be able to use it on the show and like, uh, and for, and I think people are going to love this thing. I'm very excited to use it. But if you use that, that recharges yeah. your spell strike. Yes. You yes. don't just have to not do anything. You, right. you can use something that is very, very unique. This is unique to the Laughing, Laughing Shadow, Shadow Mages. Hybrid study. <laughs> but the thing is, the conflict spell is, so it is limited. Like spell strike does have its limitations. You can basically use a focus point, point, um, in your focus pool to cast your conflict spells, which are like these special learned spells. Mm-hmm. But I only have one focus point. So like I can cast this once and use my really cool ability and then I get my spell strike back. 
but I don't get to use it until I rest again. So okay. it's cool for a moment, but if I deplete my focus pool, I can't use it again in a combat uh, until I get my focus points back. So that is a really cool one because then I don't have to cast a spell or do a different thing before my spell strike. I can use my conflux spell. Yes. That's um, so cool. I can't wait to so see cool. that. One more thing real quick, and that is uh, regarding combining the strike and spell strike damage pools before yes. determining immunities, weaknesses, and resistances. Professor Eric, thank you for weighing in on this because I was wrong. I was stupid on this one. Uh, though Professor Eric says, I do believe it is a somewhat open question. But I feel yeah. the consensus is generally on the side of keeping the damage separate, which is what Troy's interpretation was. You hit and your strike resolves and then the spell damage goes through. Okay. In this case, both hits would have been reduced by the swarm's resistance, which is the ruling that we reached in the show. For when this could help, he said, an example of when this could help the party is if you had flaming runes, for instance, and you cast a fire spell, you could proc a fire weakness twice on a, on a single creature in one spell strike. His experience so far with this is that it tends to favor the PCs more than it hurts them. It just, in this case, it happened to be a, a bad scenario where it had resistance to like every kind of damage except splash. Right. Um, that really hurt us in this case. But uh, most of the time, being able to split the damage uh, from different types is going to work out. So that, Very that, that interesting. Was his weighing in. Huh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with that interpretation for now, and I say we go with it. Um, yeah. All right, we're running short on time. Let's get some listener mail in here, guys. Thank you so much for writing in on listener mail. If you haven't before, or even if you have before, I don't give, I don't care. If you want to ask us a question, email us at contact at glasscannonnetwork.com or go to the website, follow the Cannon Fodder page, write to listener mail, and you can submit from there. Uh, today we've got one from YouTube and we've got one that came in from the website from YouTube, Paralyzed Kid. Uh, by the way, can someone explain to me why they're always playing with headphones on? I get the mics being needed for recording, but why do you need to hear? What do you need to hear while sitting together at a table? Good question. Do you want to answer this one? Yeah. Um, well, for one, it makes the audio so much cleaner. So we're not yelling across the table, like speaking at a normal volume through an audio format for people that listen to the podcast is very important. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we can't tell what, what our volume is in our monitor headphones, uh, it would make for horrible audio for the podcast because we all would be different levels talking really loud or maybe you too have to quiet. be able to hear yourself so that you yeah. can keep yourself in line or in check with however what most other people's volume is now of course i'm guilty of breaking that Keeps all the time Joe from but, yelling. but it's you know if the headphones were off it would be worse let's just say that and also it's for skids wonderful drops because we have to separate the audio again for the podcast and everything got to separate that audio out from all of our microphones and stuff so nothing no wires get crossed uh so we would never hear skids amazing drops like nick Lowe singing uh-oh sydney's doing math oh no oh, oh no, no. sydney's doing math, math. uh and also all the music yeah, so all, all the of the background music that you hear during the show, we hear it live. Uh, we don't put that in in post-production. We hear it live. And we've always I've, I've always been a big proponent of having that music in because I feel like it invigorates us live when we listen to it while we're playing. So, And that's Joe um, on the ones and twos as we're doing it. He's changing the vibe up and helping us get immersed, which is really cool. Yeah. So that that's why we do headphones. Uh, all right. One more here from Jack. 
Thank you, Jack, for writing in. Uh, says, thanks for all the last through the years. With Game Garage, New Game Hoodis, and Labs, you've all had the opportunity to try out new-to-you systems. Which systems have you really enjoyed? Which were just all right? And what systems do you want to try out? Personally, I think Lancer has mech-based Tactajo written all over it. <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with Lancer, but I'll have to check that out. Sydney, of all these years we've been playing uh, different games together, what has jumped out to you system-wise as something that you really like? What Or what's jumped out as something you're like, I'm good on that. I don't really like that system very much. You know, I, I don't have many that I dislike. Um, they're just different. Uh, I think I've said it before. I'll say it again. Delta Green after opening my eyes to Delta Green, uh, Delta Green as a, a game module, I have become such a fan. Uh, I've bought many APs of my own, and I run it for friends, not Impossible Landscapes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and getting to play Vicky Ricci is like one of my favorite characters in a game on the Glass Cannon that I play any game. Um, so Couldn't agree more. Definitely Delta Green. Yeah, I know. Joe Joe O'Brien weighs in. Um, <laughs> love Delta Green. In that same vein, I have yet to play the Yellow King RPG. Um, very curious mm. b- coming from Delta Green and how much I've enjoyed it, uh, how much I really liked Modern Cthulhu. We played that at uh, – where did we play that? Gen Con? Yeah, Gen Con. Gen Con. God, that was a blast. Um, yeah, I guess I would just want to play – more of games that I've only dipped my toe into, like Modern Call of Cthulhu, Blades in the Dark, when I got to join the Busted Mufflers, that was really fun. Um, and games I want to play more, uh, Morkborg, another one that we, Ooh, yeah. we play. Man, Morkborg is so much fun. I would love to play that uh, again, maybe even run that. That would just be a blast. Um but yeah, that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Good choices. Good choices. Uh, I am such a system junkie, Jack. It's like very bad to ask me this. I'm not much of a uh, critic. I just – I love – like I find the good in all RPG <laughs> systems. Like I just – because you can really pull amazing stuff out of just about any system. And I, there's very few systems that whole, all in all and wholly put together are perfect in every way. But if you take out some – you know, the the what works really great with them, I mean that's what you see in a lot of game design is like people kind of cherry picking what works really well in one, adding it into another and, and making their own kind of hodgepodge system out of it. Um, I would say Blades in the Dark is probably my favorite that I was exposed to that I didn't know about ahead of time in terms of a system. I just, I love that system. And I, I mean, I know that it, again, it was not uh, inventing the wheel, but the way that it works and interacts with your, uh, with your crew and the way that it, you, you do heat and the way you do flashbacks and all that kind of stuff. I just, I love, love, love Blades in the Dark. I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um, and what do I want to play? Uh, there really isn't much I can think of that I want to play that I haven't already. I kind of have to get like, Oh, oh, there's a new one that was kickstarted that I really want to try out uh, from the makers. Uh, oh, I want to look this up. It looks it it's it looks like I'm going to love it. And I, it's just because of the art and like the basic like um, what they have put out there as their mission statement almost for the RPG. Uh, it's from the uh, it's called like Legends, Legends in the Mist. That's it. Legend, Legend in the Mist. So go check out Legend in the Mist. Uh, their Kickstarter is crushing it. It's in the middle of crushing it. That is the system I really want to try out. It's from the people that made uh, City of Mist. I never got a chance to play it, but I got it. I, I almost ran it for New Game Who Dis. So I read up on it a little bit. Legend in the Mist looks like the kind of classic fantasy that I like with 
with with mechanics that are very story forward and are really good at developing character, like forcing character development on you through roll, uh, through dice rolls. Uh, it, I think, I think. So this is the vibe that I'm getting. It looks pretty amazing. Legend in the Mist is something I'm looking forward to. So keep really eye out cool. For that. Doesn't it? Yeah, Doesn't it look I would, so cool. I would play this with you. Right. Oh, you know what I forgot though, Joe? You gave me um, you gave me Pendragon, and I oh have yet, yeah, I've yet to d- dive into that, and I really, really want to try that out. That just reminded me. I speaking of game TTRPG junkie, I have so many things that I've like collected and people have given me, and I haven't had the chance to play or run them. So that's that's definitely on my list too. Awesome. Awesome. That's such a good one. Uh, that, that's a really good answer that I didn't think of. It's like, I so am looking forward to playing Pendragon again. Like, I think, I think there might be some Pendragon in our future. Stay tuned. Uh, I will let you know if we get it going, but man, it's just a game that benefits from kind of campaign play. And I, I hope that we can get into a longer, longer Pendragon at some point. But, uh, Sydney, I've kept you long enough. Thank you so much for filling in for Troy. It has been a pleasure uh, hanging out with you. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you've offered to do this uh, every single week. Uh, I have no life. So <laughs> this is what I do. This, no, this, is... was, this was a blast. Thank you for having me. I'm always, always happy to jump on. And also, especially when the We Are Stupids involve Asta, I love to be here in the moment to... Uh, Defend yourself. No, to be corrected and humbly bow before Professor Eric. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks again, everybody. And remember, check out our Helldivers 2 stream. Cindy and I, Paula Deming and Mary Lou streaming at 12 noon Eastern on February 21st. Uh, if you missed it, go back and check out the D- the, uh, the DVD, the VOD. Uh, we have Glass Cannon Podcast uh, tomorrow night and more stuff coming down the line soon. Just follow on socials. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy. Have a good one. And uh, we'll see See you next time. Bye. It's time to make your membership official. Become an official member of the Nash today at jointhenash.com. That's jointhenash.com, where you'll get access to exclusive podcasts and live streams you can't find anywhere else. See what everybody's talking about and join the Nash today at jointhenash.com. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.